Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is your brother from another mother. It is the soul brother. It's uh, Wednesday, January the 25th. It's about 1.30 p.m. Hawaiian Standard Time. It's a very dreary day here in uh, Kauai. It's been raining off and on, living up up to its namesake of the Garden Isle. So allergies are just on red alert today. <laughs> but I'm here. I'm alive. I'm feeling good. I had a good weekend. I know I normally try to do, I think the cadence is every couple of days, but I, I took a day off and just kind of uh, took it easy and relaxed with family. And, uh, and we got some stuff done around the house and, you know, just chilling, living life, enjoying what's here right in front of us. Smelling the roses, so definitely there's nothing wrong with that. So, but uh, but today we're going to talk about a touchy subject. Uh, uh, for many, if you're not Asian or African American, or you know something other than than uh, uh, Caucasian, then you know um, it might be hard for you to listen to this. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be anything bad, but you know, it's just. This is one of those uh, a reality podcasts that just kind of kind of have to just explain it exactly how it is, but you know what we can do about it because there's always a solution like to every problem, and there's not really something called a problem, like I said, I mean there's opportunities when things don't go the way that they should go or things don't go according to plan in your head or against your expectations, then you know. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for change, for growth. So these things don't have to be negative unless you make them a negative in your own mind. And if that's the case, then, you know, and if you're short minded, um, if you can't see the full picture, then this may not uh, be the podcast for you. I'm just uh, letting you know. But but the name of this one is called CSI, Combating Social Ignorance. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, there's a lot of y'all out there that uh, actually watch CSI. So literally, literally, when you're combating social ignorance, it's like a crime scene because you got to have to figure out how it started and, you know, uh, what precipitated everything. So it's, uh, again, it's touchy. And you know me, if I got something to say, I'm going to say it respectfully, but I'm going to be real and I'm going to keep it 100 always. So, but... I want to preface this podcast with a couple stories that, and I have many, believe me, I do, but a couple of them that I just kind of just wanted like to share. Um, and the first one, it goes way back uh, to when I lived in Newton, Kansas, of all places. That's uh, where I was born. That's where I have family there. That's where my mom's lives. And that's where I was uh, raised pretty much. And I was in the the a local grocery store. Uh, it was uh, the North Dillon. So for people uh, who know their stores, you know that uh, that's the grocery store in that region of the uh, country, oh, and it's owned by Kroger. So, and I knew the manager. I used to work for the manager when he was out at Food for Less when it was in Newton over there on First and Meridian. They went out of business, so so the guy that was there, he went and he became manager at the North Dillons. So I was really good friends with him. He was friends with all my friends, and we knew, you know, like Dave, so it's cool. And shout out, like, to Dave. Uh, 
you know, so, so I, I went in there one day. I don't know, this must have been maybe after work or just to get some stuff like for dinner. And, you know, generally around the four o'clock hour to like seven, that's kind of rush hour. So everyone is getting off work and everyone, you know, is stopping by the store and picking up groceries, heading home to, you know, uh, make supper and whatnot. So, and no different. I had left work that day and I went to North Dillon's because they just had a whole lot more uh, selection and and I go through, I get my stuff, whatever, you know, I see some people that I know, hey, how you doing? You know, like a little short talk. And then it's time to check out. So I'm like, all right, cool. So at that point in the game, you know how you go to the store nowadays and they have uh, the self-checkouts, right? So they had self-checkouts, but I mean, uh, the lines were like long for that. So I went over to the express line because I only had like a few things in my hand. So, so, so I get in line and I'm there and there is this older woman who is, who is uh, working uh, behind the register and you could tell that she had an issue with anybody that wasn't white. Okay. It was obvious. Um, and I had kind of known this woman's MO before, but I was like, it doesn't matter. It's just some it's just some stuff. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to go stand in line. So right before me, there was like a couple of people and they were white. So she checks them out. Fine. All this short talk and everything, you know, ha ha ha. And then right before it's my turn, she closes her line. Right. So I'm thinking, OK, you know, generally when they change the tills out, you know, of the money drawer, then, you know, they temporarily will close the line. No, no, not this one. No, she closed the line. Made a big effort to get other people to come to another line. That she went to opened up and then kept checking. So invalidated me waiting in line. And again, you know. Um, like I said, it's rush hour. And this is in Newton, Kansas, right in the center of the country, Kansas, right? And this was in, in the uh, 2000. So uh, this wasn't in the seventies or nothing like that, but this was, you know, uh, this was in uh, the modern day. And I just kind of sat there with my hand on my hip and just kind of looked at her like, what in the hell is your problem? Right? Clearly. Now this woman obviously didn't know that I knew a little bit about her beliefs and whatnot. She also didn't know that I knew Dave, who was her boss. <laughs> so, you know, in that particular case, I chose, it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, there was some people in the self-checkout line that that had uh, uh, went through. So it looked like uh, there was going to be an opening. I slid over there. No worries. I did what I did. But I never forgot that. I never, ever, ever forgot that. Why the woman had to do what she had to do is uh, beyond me. She's clearly prejudiced, okay? And that's fine. Um, it wasn't the first time that I have had something similar like that happen to me. But it's kind of like in that moment, I had to make a decision. I needed to keep my wits about me, number one, because, you know, that's just plain, plain ass ignorant. 
But I had to figure out, you know, what should I do? How should I handle it? Should I even bring attention uh, to that? Because living in Newton as a non-Caucasian person, you know, a lot of people don't know, but, you know, while a Newton is a great place to live, I love Newton. I don't love some of the people in it, but I love Newton. Newton is the epitome of that woman to a certain point. Like when I was on the Chamber of Commerce there and I was a small business owner, right? I was a consultant. I did IT work, right? A lot of people would just look over me and they would uh, go with other people. My grandma was a well-known there in Newton. And I never, ever once wanted like, to use her name or the family name or influence, never. And people uh, who know me know that. I always worked hard and I did my own thing. I earned all of my own business. I never used my family name. I never had to. I let who I am as a person speak for what I am as a brand and what I am as a business owner. So, but even within that realm, you know, there's a lot of people that would just look you over. There was a couple of IT guys and they had a networking business and they did things right. And I think they kind of felt threatened because because I did what I did. And they had, you know, uh, the services that uh, they provided. I provided more kind of the programming uh, type of things. Right. So and I was just honest with people. I would give uh, people a free consultation and then I would, you know, like sit down and discuss with them all of their needs, you know, wants. And then I would explain to them, you know, here's what here's what I could do for you. But then where I'm different is I would actually say, but here's some other people in the area that I know of that would be equally as, you know, uh, good who could also help you. Because, you know, a lot of people were looking like for, you know, uh, something that was a bit cost effective in certain, you know, uh, uh, situations and whatnot. So I would always just be open and transparent. Right. So, you know, I mean, obviously uh, we got around. And they knew that I was trying to help out the local school there. My daughter was going to Catholic school at St. Mary's, and that was also uh, my church, you know. So it just so happens that, you know, something happened uh, to the effect, because I was really good friends uh, with the uh, principal at the time. So, you know, and he wanted me to help him because he knew he could rely on me because, you know, he had already kind of used these uh, people and, and they just were not. They just weren't um, uh, dependable, you know, and there was a lot of drawn out drama, you know, and it's, you know, so. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was any hanky panky or anything bad that happened there. But on a personal level, I knew these guys and they wouldn't even give me a shot. It wasn't until I actually did something right that actually they were like, oh, wow, you know how to do that stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden it was like gangbusters, like now they want to be friends and whatnot. But all up until that point, there was the super cold shoulder. And there was kind of that kind of like, you don't really know what you're doing. This is not necessarily your line of work. But what these idiots didn't know is that I had is that I had a degree in IT. And up until that point, I was in IT for about a good eight, nine years. So I had a, some good experience. You know, so, but 
it doesn't just stop there. Even this morning. So every day I go for a walk about an hour after I eat uh, my breakfast meal. I try to eat small snacks all throughout the day. So I have two big meals, right? I have my AM meal, which is going to be my breakfast, which I eat at any time after I take my medicine so that I can, you know, handle the food. And then in the evening, I do the same thing. I, you know, I eat and then an hour after that, well, then I walk. So typically at night, normally my queen is home from work and we'll go walking together, you know, and there's some times where I go by myself. But in the morning time, I always go by myself because she's at work and I work from home. So, so here in Kauai, if you've never been, there's not a lot of sidewalks. So if you ever want to walk anywhere, right, generally you're walking on somebody's lawn or, you know, you're walking on the side of the street if there's not really a a lawn or else a piece of grass to walk on. So, you know, uh, this island has been here a long time and they just uh, there really was no need for sidewalks because everybody because this was kind of, I guess, just all country at some point. So. So typically what I do is I go walk as safe as I can up along this main street and then I turn off to a feeder road and then I turn on to a road that's that is less traveled. Right. So I'm walking and I turn onto the road that's less traveled. Now, I'm six, seven. You know, I'm six, seven. Literally, I'm I'm six feet, seven inches. I'm not a big guy, but you can see me. It's not like I'm a it's not like I'm a bowl bowl or like a, a minute bowl who's like really super skinny. Yes, I'm skinny, but you can still tell that I'm a person and I'm walking. And to make matters worse, right, you can tell that I have on sweats and you can tell that I have on sneakers and you can tell that I have on a raincoat. So as clear as day, you mean you cannot miss me. So I'm going to refer to these people as locals and non-locals. So the non-locals are the people that that live here, but they're not Hawaiian or Pacific Islander or something that's not uh, Caucasian. And then there's going to be the non-locals, which is going to be the Caucasian folks, right? So without fail, when I'm walking on this road, right, that not a lot of, there's not uh, that many people that travel and there's a good line of sight. So you can see, you can see me. It's not like you can't see me. I can tell every day it's the same old crap. When I'm walking, Right. If it's a local person and they see me, they know that there's no sidewalks. So uh, they will give me space. So, you know, if there's an oncoming car, the people that actually have respect for you because they know that there's no sidewalks and that uh, you're walking. Right. And you can walk on this uh, road. I mean, uh, pretty much anywhere. There's little slivers of grass and I try to walk on those, but there's some places where there's no grass. It's literally you got to walk on the road. So uh, there's this local guy. I can hear him coming. He's boom, 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 boom. He sees me. And it's always kind of a crapshoot because I can't necessarily see them. And sometimes I turn around if I sense that they're really close to me. So he's coming and he sees me and he gets way over so that, um, you know, like he's far from me. And I throw shaka. He throws. It's good. But then there's those non-local people that can clearly see me. And sometimes they're coming at me. 
So there was a guy in a monster truck. And he sees me. Seeing that there's nobody coming at all from the opposite direction, he has a lot of road. He gets closer to where I'm walking as if to run me off the road. He's Caucasian guy. Without fail. I'm like, really? He looks at me. He kind of not necessarily smirks, but he kind of just is like he knows what he's doing, basically. And you can just tell from from, you know, uh, his actions. Ignorance. It was one time when I was running on the same uh, road here. And this road, it goes from one of the main roads. It's, and then it, it goes uh, from uh, uh, one of the main roads here, here in uh, Kapa'a. And then it goes over into the residential area. So, you know, and there's a lot of roads like that, that kind of, uh, they go through kind of uh, the flood valley, right? So they get up and then uh, the roads always will go up, you know? And so then, um, but so... And so I was running and I'm in kind of that valley area and I can sense there's someone coming behind me. Now, I'm running on the right hand side of the road because I can't run on the left hand side of the road because it's just road over there. There's no grass or nothing. And I'm running. And when people see you, right, they can tell that you're running. I mean, six, seven here. You can't miss me. The sun is out. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm, I mean, Sorry. You can see me. You can't miss me. See, so this bugger decides that uh, he wants to be fresh. The sucker, he drives really close to me to the point that I could feel the wind of his side mirror go right off of my left shoulder. And I'm like, what the hell? I put my hands up. He has enough awareness to know what he just did. There was nobody coming. No, you know, to actually roll down his window, make the same gesture. I put my hands up in there like, what is your problem? And then he returns the favor with throwing me the, you know, uh, the one finger salute. So naturally, I'm like, oh, so, OK, really? So that's how you want to be. I didn't do nothing to this guy, a Caucasian guy. He being stupid. He saw me. There was no one else around him. He was the only vehicle and I was the only person in the same vicinity. Within about a minute's time, there was no one on the road. So this idiot, he keeps driving and he gets up uh, to where the main road is. There's cars up there. He's backed up. At this point, you know, I was kind of just at a nice, uh, a little leisurely pace. So I kind of pick up the pace because I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. Now, here I am. I'm minding my own business. I ain't bothering you. And you want to do something stupid like that. So I keep running and I come close to this idiot right before I can get right to where he's at. Right. Because it's like at that intersection, there's like three different rows. And so it's a really weird intersection. So he's trying to turn right. And at this point, he's aware that I'm coming because he keeps looking in, in his mirror and he sees me. So now the human side of me, I wanted to go up to him like, yeah, what the hell is your problem? Because I didn't do nothing to this person. Right. But that little voice that's on the inside, 
was like, you know what? As much as you can go back and salute him with an eagle, you know, also, and you can get up in his face and let him know that you don't appreciate it. In the grand scheme of things, there's this little thing called karma and it will come back and it will get him. I don't know who you are, idiot. But at some point, our paths will cross again and the roles will be reversed. I won't necessarily flip you off like you flip me off. But if anything, I'm just going to look at you in kind of a crazed bewilderment as to who and what you are. Which kind of brings me to the whole point of this podcast is that there's going to be times where stupid people like that do stupid things. While I should be kind and not use the word stupid, stupid is what it is. So it's exactly so. I mean, so the name fits the situation and fits the scenario. Friends, there's going to be people that you're going to come across regardless of what color you are. It could be the opposite because here in uh, Hawaii, right? A lot of Caucasians, uh, they get treated differently because here it's about a lot of the natives and what we on the mainland have called minority people, which no, there's no minority. But it's for anybody uh, who's not white. That's who is considered uh, the minority. And here in the islands is different. When white people come here, they don't necessarily get the respect. So it's kind of crazy. It's like it's reversed. Uh, the way that it is on the mainland of the United States of America and in some other places outside of the U.S., it's the reverse here. So local people here are very mindful about how white people actually come here and they act. When I lived on Oahu, right, I would never go to Waikiki. Everybody wants to go to Waikiki because it's like, you know, because of Duke and, and, and you know, like, um, and a Waikiki Beach um, and just everything that you think of Hawaii. So, and it's like just, it's totally catered, totally catered uh, to tourists there. Totally. Right? So when you're down there, there's a lot of uh, discrimination if you look a certain kind of way. Like if you come in there and you're local and you dress, you got on uh, your fatigues and you got your island shirt on, then people kind of will put their nose up as if you can't afford to be in here. Right. But then also there's sometimes where even the local people will treat the white people like that, where it's like it's like you don't belong here. And a lot of the white people who come here don't understand that, you know, it's like, yeah, that's what your ancestors have been doing for hundreds of years. So they come here and they don't like it or else they live here and they don't understand it. And they think that it's not fair. Y'all, we've been yelling that it's not fair for a lot longer than you have. It's not fair. It's not right. In either case, violence and ignorance do not beget each other. Ignorance does not beget ignorance. Sorry. Violence does not beget violence, nor does ignorance beget ignorance. There both are no. There's no place for either of them. Sorry, I got a little tongue twisted there. But yet and still, we still do it. Why? Because it takes that one person 
that one special idiot that's just ignorant, that wants to try to act like they have no common sense. And when that happens, it doesn't matter if you're here in uh, Hawaii, if you're on the mainland, if you're in China, if, if you're in Sweden, it doesn't matter. There is going to be some type of social ignorance wherever you go. That's just going to be the way it is. And if you're American and you go to another country, the anti-Semitism that is out there for Americans because of how we are perceived, <clears throat> scratch that, how we act. There's no perception of anything. We act ignorant over here. Therefore, that's how other people see us in the rest of the world. I'm sure there's probably Martians on Mars who are like, uh-uh, I'm not going to America. Nah. We're pretty ignorant over here. We want to label it as being independent and free. But there's a difference between uh, being independent and free and being intelligent versus being a bigot and using your freedom and your whatever you, uh, you want to actually be rude or prejudiced or discriminatory. There's a big difference. And if you can't disseminate that line, you probably need to stop the podcast right now and go and look up race relations here and get a good understanding of that because that has always been the case. I'm pretty sure we all understand that, especially for my Asian delegation who has really been treated royally bad, especially during COVID. And African-Americans, we've been getting it for years. Definitely. You know, it's obvious that there's... It's obvious that there's social ignorance out there. Now, what can we do about it? Well, you know, collectively, it needs to be made a decision that we're all going to make changes together as a collective, as a species, as humanity. But we humans are too stupid at this point in our evolution to come together and come to grips with understanding that. For the simple fact that, you know, we all just want to kind of trust and believe that the values and the different things that we were raised up on, that's how the world really is. So what you get is a cornucopia of fail, basically. That's where you have, you know, like your politics, that's where you have all of your people that are prejudiced, right? That's where you get all of your uh, supremacists and so on and so forth, right? Right? It comes from a misaligned understanding and knowledge of race relations, and how we're to be and live socially here. A lot of people won't, uh, won't get it. So because of that, you can't necessarily depend on trying to make a full influence on people. But I still believe that we all do have a very strong voice. And if we do band together in solidarity, and if we do say, you know, we want to try uh, to make a statement and take a stand, our illustrious Dr. King, he said it. He did it. He walked for our freedom, but not just our freedom as African-Americans, but our freedom as Americans to live together in this country as one. We've made a lot of good strides since the great doctor, but we can still do much, much, much more. Much more. And it all starts, it all starts with us stopping and getting to understand one another, right? If we're not willing to do that, then we're not going to be willing to work together as a collective. 
Because the issue that we're having right now with all of this social ignorance is that we don't understand one another. So if you don't take the time to understand who your brothers and your sisters are, and you don't actually recognize them as your brothers and their sisters because they're a little darker or they're a little lighter. Or the last time I checked, we all have the same set of parents. Just think about that. We all come from one source. So just because you're white doesn't mean that you're necessarily special. Just because you're black doesn't mean that you're special or Asian or Latino or Mexican. No, we're all from the same source. Now, what is that source? We've yet to know. And we're still trying to understand that and find out. But in the grand scheme of things, we're all the same species. So why all this ignorance? And, you know, friends, there's really no good answer except it just comes down to just plain Jane stupidness. (laughs) Humans are stupid. Period. There's no other way to put it. Humans are just stupid. I don't care if you have the intelligence of a Doogie Howser or if you are a Brainiac. If you do not understand that we are all from the same cloth, while you're in someone's yard burning a cross... Or trying to hang someone from a tree. Or if you're committing a white collar crime. And thinking that you won't get caught. Regardless of wherever you feel that you are. Or whatever end of the spectrum that you are at. We're all the same. The only thing that's different between us is the pigment in our skin. That's it. Some have melanin, some don't. But yet and still, we still just don't want to accept each other for the differences that we all have. So because of that, you can combat social ignorance in many different ways that won't necessarily get people up in arms or cause a ruckus. But at some point, the ignorant people causing all of the social disruptions out here Collectively, the rest of us need to deal with them. And I think, especially during COVID, and with the uh, uh, the advent of the Trump uh, presidency, and the different things that we're seeing, I think a lot of people are starting to open their eyes to the fact that, yeah, there's been a lot of injustice for a long time. I mean, it was pretty obvious before. But again, sometimes you could see something totally different and it's right in front of you than what you really are seeing. But on the other hand of that, 75% of the time, you can already see what it is, but you're just ignorant to the fact that you don't want to admit to it. So you play along with it. That's a bit more the speed of Americans. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, it's like we... We know it's wrong and we know that it's ignorant, but we do it anyway. Why? Because we feel as though we are in the majority race group or that, you know, we're in the minority and we feel like we have to take that stand and we have to be a vigilante. I understand both sides of that argument. I don't agree with either. But again, because of our ancestors and people that actually made those segregations a long time ago. That created those divides. 
That's what we're still trying to break down even until this day. No matter how many of the Dr. Kings and the Malcolm X's and the Louis Farrakhan's, the Obamas, the Bill Clintons, the Ronald Reagan's. See, it's not just African-Americans. There was a lot of good people that were trying to do good things. It's just they can't appeal to the whole population because not because the whole population can't necessarily appeal to them. So it's going to take something beyond human intervention to shake and change us. It could be something in the cosmos could actually threaten our little safe life that we have here on earth that will really make us look and see and understand and appreciate each and every one of us for for who and what we are. Even though we are different, we are still one collective. Something large like that on that scale will have to happen for people to snap out of it at this point. Because I do not think that humans by themselves have enough drive or want to actually fix all of the race relations or the social injustices or the discriminations that we still have out there that happen to this day, probably happening right now as you're listening to me. It's going to take something larger than life like to fix that. But in the interim, things that you can do is to basically don't get sucked into it. Even though your human side is like, and let me tell you, that dude that was in that uh, monster truck that uh, tried to hit me, boy, you know, if I was my old self, you know, I probably would have been all up in his grill like, yo, what's your problem? Definitely not afraid of anything. Like, you almost hit me, man. You know? But that's not necessarily the right way to handle stuff. Number one, you don't know who's who. But number two, you're better than that. And while it was a split second thought, like, what the? The rationale mind, it checked in and it basically said, no, nah, that's trash. It's not even worth your time. And so don't even. That person will get theirs. So while he was laughing about it, literally, and thought it was funny, I'm sure along the way at some point, he may not, he may not have got it that day or even yet, but karma will find him and it will hit him and it'll shock his soul. Maybe it'll be enough to have him change. Maybe it'll just be enough like, for him to do it again. At some point, he's going to have to answer to a higher power. So just ignore that. That's beneath you. You don't necessarily need to stoop yourself down to that low of a level. No need like, to return eagles or hand gestures or different things like that. It's not really like there's nothing to be gained from that except for the possibility that something, albeit stupid, could turn into being something violent. There's just no need for it, right? Um, stay in the class by yourself. And a lot of people don't understand what that means, but the real ones do. Stay in the class by yourself as an individual. You know, you know that there are certain types of people, certain types of individuals. There's the quiet ones. There's the boisterous ones. There's the ones that that kind of want to push your buttons. And then there's those that that really 
are really just disinterested and they want to know more. And they really are oblivious to the fact that they did do anything. But stay in the class by yourself. You don't need to lower your expectations or lower your standards down. Don't meet that person. They will continue to antagonize and entice you to try to do something. No need. Just laugh them off. Yeah, that'll make them mad, but just laugh them off. Ignore them. If they put their hands on you, then that's a different story. Then you get the law involved. Don't take matters into your own hands. Right? If these people want to be made an example, then allow them to be. But stand your ground. And don't let no one walk over you. You know what I mean? Like for me, I didn't, I didn't really have a choice. He did that because he thought that it would be fun or cool or whatever. Maybe he was trying to impress somebody. But chances are whoever was in that other truck uh, with him probably uh, didn't really think that that was cool. Maybe they did. And if that's the case, then so be it. Because God doesn't like ugly. And when an opportunity in their life will come for them to get the same treatment back, oh, they will. And they're going to be as much confused and and just kind of wondering why. They probably won't remember what they did to you. But in a roundabout way, one hand will wash the other. And they'll figure it out. You need to stay in a class by yourself as a group. Like for my African-Americans out there, we know what we've been through. And I'm not downplaying that at all. But at some point, just to keep it real, we got to keep it real. So we can't be talking out of both sides of our neck and expect that change happens for us. No. If you're going to be about life of change and want for us to be better as an individual and as a people, that doesn't give you the right to turn around and go talk about a whole other race of people. You know, you need to do what's right. We've all, and I know I I used to, and every now and then I still do, I fall, I fall right into that trap. It's about black and white. Not necessarily, it could be about gray. For me, I'm not prejudiced. I actually love all colors, creeds, races. I give everybody a fair shot. The people that I don't give a fair shot to are the ignorant ones who purposely try to just be stupid and incite trouble and violence. Those are the people I don't like. So I'm colorblind. It doesn't matter what color you are, bring it. But if you're ignorant, don't. And I've always been like that, always since day one. Always. But then as a culture, stay in a class by ourselves. If we want to be respected, then we need to respect ourselves. From African Americans out there, if you don't like people talking about you being ghetto, then stop acting that way. If you don't want to be considered a womanizer or a cheater, then stop cheating on the women. Right? We can't complain about things that we want to change if we continue to do the same things that people are complaining about. That's common sense. I don't care how pro-black you are. You just need to look at that statement for what it is. 
you can't be seen, you can't be taken any different if you're not going to act different, period. It don't matter what color you are. But African Americans, we got to understand. Yes, things happen to us. Yes, it doesn't. And yes, it hurts. And as much as we want to return the favor and be the same way like to white people or other people, what is that going to really solve and achieve for us and stuff as a culture? It's just going to make us look like bigots. See, you have to put a little bit of thought behind this, folks. You have to be very strategic with your approach. You can't necessarily mandate another group or person or thing to be a certain kind of way if you're not willing to do that as well. That's where a lot of people screw up is they try to be God or they try to be the government and they try to make rules like for social and race relations. Yet and still they think that they get the free pass and then they don't have to follow. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Don't create a CSI. Don't create a crime scene investigation because of your own ignorance. Combat social ignorance with knowledge. Combat social ignorance with intelligence. Use your head. God gave you a brain. He gave you the capacity to learn. He gave you the capacity to comprehend. Put those two together and find constructive ways of dealing with the ignorance. I know in the 90s, it used to be a lot of it was the black on black crime. And for anyone at that point, and uh, y'all know, this was the 90s. Music was just so geared around race relations. From N.W.A. to Dr. Dre, Snoop. To Rakim. I can go on forever. A lot of the rappers were talking about the issues. Tupac, for sure. And it was very lopsided and unfair. It definitely was. And there was a lot of political moving going on as well at the same time. Making that a volatile discussion point. The blacks were just killing each other. From senseless senseless crimes and murders like you steal from somebody that somebody was in a gang that gang goes and kills somebody then now you're mad so then you go and kill someone from their gang and it just continues to go and go and go thank god we got our damn act together and we figured it out that that's no way for us to conduct ourselves number one as americans but number two especially in the african-american a community. We had to be about uplifting one another. We had to be willing to turn the other way. Right? To forgive. That's hard. It's hard to forgive when there's somebody or something that hurts you. But unfortunately, that is the only way. Forgiveness, knowledge, outreach, understanding. Those are things that are key and crucial that you have to do. Especially if you want to be able to get along with others. I'm not picking on my African-American friends and family today. I'm not. I'm definitely not. But I'm trying to be relevant to what I'm discussing in this podcast. Like to topics that I know that we all understand.
it is difficult to combat social ignorance. I don't doubt it one bit. But it's not worth you fighting if what you come up with is going to be as ignorant as the ignorance that you're trying to combat. (laughs) You have to be systematic in your approach to understanding this. You need to put yourself in their shoes and empathize and understand why they're this way. It could be from pure ignorance. That is a valid reason. But it very well could be from a lack of knowledge of African-Americans or of culture. There's some people that just don't understand how the African-American culture works. They need to be enlightened. And you think that's not true, but it's so true. And there's nothing wrong with it. At all, actually. But we as individuals need to be willing to step back and stop a second and not rush to conclusions. And try to be constructive and figure out good, effective ways of getting above the ignorance so that we don't kill you, you know, it's like you don't want to kill each other off before we have time to evolve because we'll never evolve. So at some point, we got to let go of the ignorance. We got to stop or we need to circumvent that ignorance and rise above it. Someone has to spearhead that. That's a large collective thing. But I'm confident that if we can do that, I know for a fact that we can make sure that there's a lot of crime scenes that don't necessarily need to get converted into crime scenes. When it comes to living in a world where there's no drama and there's no stress, that'll never happen. There's always going to be some type of stress and some type of drama, always. The key is to mitigate how much of it, though, you have to deal with. Sometimes life just happens. Well, so be it. But there's always constructive ways of dealing with it that don't necessarily need to be put in the same breath as ignorance or being racist or discriminatory or prejudiced. So friends, you should really give some thought the next time that you're in a situation where you need to combat some social ignorance. I mean, you need to sit there and really determine, okay, is it really worth it? And if it's worth it, not to make a spectacle, but turn it into something that is educational that people can learn from. It's the only way that we're going to get better. One, that way. Two, we got to be willing to come up off of these ideologies that we have in our head and these expectations and things and be more open. Especially more open-minded like to the fact that maybe people are really different. We're getting in, into an age where now sexual orientation is a big deal. And people are discriminating against them and segregating them. Hey, you shouldn't do that. at all. We're all unique. We were all raised differently. But I feel we can still come together and find a unique way to coexist together. But we got to be willing for at least five minutes to come together and to do that. We can't keep making ourselves busy to the point that we don't care about trying to rectify and fix our current issues, especially when it comes to social injustice, prejudice, and on down the line. So just a little something for you to ponder, friends. Don't make this no crime scene that 
honestly, that don't make a crime scene that doesn't need to be made. There's no need. There's no need uh, to round like the horses and the wagons, and do something that you know that you've caused. Fix your ignorance through maturity. Step up and take a different route, a different path. Dare yourself to be different. It'll catch on. It's contagious. It's starting to. I implore you to do that and find effective ways of dealing with this. Because if you do, if you do, we really honestly, truly just may have a shot at being able to all work a lot better together and bring in some peace and harmony to this existence that we call life. I pray that we can all get there. It's definitely possible. One love is always y'all. This is Soul Brother. Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is your brother from another mother. It is the Soul Brother. I just wanted to say that I appreciate your love and your support. Soul Brother is not just a blog. It's not just a podcast. It's my purpose. It's my life's mission. Getting out there, spreading the good word and being real. Always being real and staying so full in the process. So I appreciate y'all. Please spread the word. Soul Brother, S-O-U-L-B-R-A-D-D-A dot com. One love as always.